Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I will be your host tonight on a night where the Winnipeg Jets lose 3-0 to the juggernaut Boston Bruins. Uh, a pretty frustrating game, honestly, from uh, you know watching as a Jets fan. Uh, I thought the Jets played surprisingly well. Um, you know, they, they've had some good, uh, showings over the past little bit, you know, obviously the taking four points in, uh, in both Florida games is, was huge. Uh, I thought that they played pretty decently against the Hurricanes, just uh, a couple issues here and there. And tonight, you know, all around, not that bad of a game from the Winnipeg Jets. I thought that they played, uh, pretty well, just some, uh, you know, mistakes early on, uh, obviously that first goal, uh, they let in, uh, you know, within the first minute of the game, which, you know, obviously will break down the game and all that. Uh, and, you know, one little turnover leads to a, a, a beautifully, perfectly placed shot by, um, fuck, who, who was it? Uh, I can't remember. Garner Hathaway? I had it here. Um, Pavel Zaka. Um, but regardless, other than that, uh, the Jets you know, kept the Boston Bruins at bay. But at the same time, the Boston Bruins also obviously, you know, in a game where the Jets did outshoot the Boston Bruins, uh, obviously those numbers are going to be a little bit tilted because, you know, Boston Bruins get up to nothing. Second period, honestly, it didn't even seem like they were actually really trying for offense. Third period, they start off and, you know, they absolutely took it to the Jets the entire third period. So I think that those numbers are a little bit skewed in the Jets' favor. Uh, obviously, you know, when you're trying to shut down a game, you're going to go more into a shell and allow, uh, you know, a lot more. You're not going to be pressing for offense as much. Um, but yeah, a frustrating loss. 3 nothing Again, the third goal obviously is an empty netter. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to break down the game. Uh, if you're here from Twitter uh, to dunk on me, uh, congrats, you are allowed to. Uh, I made a really dumb tweet earlier. I don't know. I just had this feeling all day. I just went, you know, I just feel like the Jets are going to do something good tonight. We got to talk about, obviously, the first line and their response from their uh, their benching, or as Rick Bonus called it, uh, taking away shifts from them uh, in the last game and how they responded. Um but hey, we're going to talk about it all. We're going to get into it. Uh, but before we do, quick little ad read here. Uh, it's Mar it's March Mania at Sports Interaction. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, and so much more. It's bananas. That's in the script. I'm sorry. <laughs> play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness. Exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario. Use the QR code at the bottom of the screen. Or head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn to get started. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Um, alrighty. So, first off, let's dive into this game. We get some news before the game uh, that uh, Josh Morrissey will be playing tonight. Uh, we initially, everyone on Twitter initially thought that Pierre-Luc Dubois was also going to be in the lineup. Um, but unfortunately, it seems he is still battling his injury. And honestly... You know the the Jets need him in uh, in a couple weeks when playoffs do start in about a month. Um, they don't need him right now, so I'm totally fine with him making sure uh, he is good to go and fully recovered. Um, but uh, but yeah, so you know getting Josh Morrissey back is huge. 
uh, for the Jets. He is, you know, when when he is on, he is one of the guys who leads the team towards the promised land when they are playing well. Uh, he usually has a big deal with it. Uh, tonight, honestly, I didn't think he played fantastic. It was all right, but unfortunately, uh, we couldn't contribute to it. Um, oh, I was going to mention the uh, the bet that I had made, or the tweet that I had made. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, before this game, tweeted out, I have a good feeling today. The Winnipeg Jets will win today. Josh Morrissey will score a goal. And Connor Hellebuck will show us why we call him Connor Vesnabuck. So, honestly... I would say I went 0 for 3 uh, on that here tonight. Um, the, obviously, the Jets didn't win. Josh Morrissey didn't score a goal. Uh, but Connor Hellebuck, I don't think Connor Hellebuck had a bad game tonight. The two goals that he did let in, obviously, uh, you know, you would hope that your goalie is going to save. The first one, I mean, I, I, have, I give him no... No, uh, I have nothing bad to say about Hellebuck on the first goal. That was a complete and utter uh, just defensive breakdown a minute into the game. You can't have that happen. Uh, you know, oftentimes Connor Hellebuck might save you in those situations, but when you give up a slot shot, like, I don't know, uh, like a, a one-timer slot shot within the first minute of a game, I can't really get upset with my goalie because you are not doing anything to help him there. Um, moving on, the second goal. Uh, it's just a perfectly placed shot. So again, I I have no qualms with how Connor Hellebuck played tonight. I know that people were upset about how David David Riddick played against uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I thought he was you know okay. That one goal was not great on the wraparound, but uh, not the point. I don't think that this had anything to do with the goaltending. Um, obviously, you cannot win a game if you cannot score a goal. And tonight just seemed like the Jets. Couldn't buy a goal, honestly. Uh, how many times did they hit the post? I, I remember Nate Schmidt hitting one. I think it was in the second period. Uh, Kyle Connor must have hit at least two. Uh, Shifley did as well. Shifley could have had two goals in the first period himself. Um, so I I don't pin this on a game where the Jets weren't able to create. When The most frustrating thing about how the Jets have played uh, over their, their bad stretch, I would say at this point we're kind of out of it uh, ever since they played, you know, Minnesota and uh, the Sharks. Since then, they've been kind of building on it. You know, obviously a great weekend in Florida. And uh, despite not getting the win in Carolina, the Jets have been playing well. They have kind of uh, slowly returned to form despite having, you know, Josh Morrissey out, uh, despite having Pierre-Luc Dubois out. So coming into this game, you still are missing your second line centerman. And you're able to put up a, a, a game against the Boston Bruins where, honestly, just a couple bounces, millimeters, inches... Uh, could have changed this entire game. Um, but obviously we have to talk about the biggest story coming into this game, which is the first line uh, for the Jets. Obviously, it's been Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and uh, Nino Niederreiter. Um, by the way, I'm going to say this right now. If you are in chat with me here, please let me know what you would do with your lines uh, come you know, full, full health, or at least come when uh, Dubois is healthy. Uh, I'm going to talk about that later. And I would love to see what you guys are saying. I can refer to the chat real easily. Um, but yeah, so I was really looking forward to see how this, how the first line was going to respond here tonight. Uh, unfortunately, it starts off on a bad note. The right off the bat, uh, obviously, the third line always starts for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they get hemmed in their zone pretty quickly, um, and then eventually, you know, the the first line does end up coming out, 
and just a complete defensive lapse. Uh, puck gets broken in, uh, and and to be clear, the the uh, the first line was playing against Boston's third line. The second line, who we're going to talk about later, uh, was playing against Boston's fourth line. So you kind of had the tops against the bottoms um, on both ends of the roster. Our third line ended up obviously covering that top line uh, that the Bruins do have of um, of. Marchand, Bergeron, and DeBrusque, uh, while the fourth line was mostly tasked with the uh, the second line, the Zaka, Krejci, Pasternak, and obviously, you know, it, it mixes up, but that was generally the match that Rick Bonus was going for tonight. Um, so coming back to the goal, my apologies. Uh, this is one where it just seems like there's n- there's a lack of coordination um, and just a defensive breakdown that happens. Uh, one of the things I've constantly, you know, stressed and been frustrated about with the Winnipeg Jets is the way that they allow their goals uh, against when there is a defensive breakdown. You can always pinpoint it to one thing, and that's puck watching. Like that's just always what ends up happening. Uh, guys get a little bit too infatuated with staring at the puck uh, to cover their man, and unfortunately. It is what it is. Uh, Trent Frederick ends up coming into the slot. No one is covering him. The issue here is that uh, as the puck gets breaking and in, broken into the zone, the Boston Bruins have it below the the Winnipeg Jets goal line. Um, Kyle Connor, I believe, was the first player on uh, to you know apply pressure to the man in the corner. Nate Schmidt joins him because he's the left defense or the defenseman there, so it makes sense for him to be taking the guy in the corner. Um, but unfortunately here, Mark Shifley kind of gets put in this uh, in this kind of no man's land uh, where one, he probably could have figured out what he was supposed to do, which is, you know, cover the guy in front of the net. But he's also seeing that Kyle Connor is below the goal line. Uh, so naturally he's going, am I covering for you at the point? Am I covering in front of the net? Dylan Sandberg shows up a little bit later. He also unfortunately doesn't really have the chance to, you know, get set up and really decide who his man is. Uh, once the puck gets moved away from uh, the the man the the Bruins player who had it originally, it gets uh, thrown further behind the net. Nate Schmidt and Kyle Connor have no man now uh, and are sitting behind the net. Uh, Dylan Sandberg is trying to figure out if he should be applying pressure to the guy behind the net or the guy in front. Uh, Nino Niederreiter isn't uh, close enough to pick up the guy in front. And again, Shifley is in the no man's land of deciding, am I supposed to be here to, you know, covering the left wing to give you an outlet pass? Should I be covering the guy in front? Obviously, you should always go with the safer option. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I don't even know who to pin this goal on. It just it was a complete defensive lapse by the team. Uh, and that's going to happen, unfortunately. Like, uh, I, I would I would I would love to sit here and say that this isn't, you know, normal, that this won't happen again uh, or that, you know, this was, you know, I think that this happens for a lot of teams regardless. I think there are other teams that are better defensively where it happens a lot less than the Jets. Um, but honestly, like this is just a tough one. And again, I can't blame Connor Hellebuck. I think the 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 blame goes all around to everyone who was on the ice there because uh, no one picked up the man in front. And that always should be the most important thing uh, is, you know, picking up a, a, a free man sitting in the slot like that is so beyond obvious. Uh, I feel like I, I don't even need to say it. Um, but other than that, like, honestly, the first line, I thought they had a, a, a great response tonight. I, you know, Connor and Shifley uh, have had some pretty rough games over the past little bit. I think Shifley's been a little bit better than Kyle Connor. 
Um, Kyle Connor just needs to get going. The The big issue is with those two guys is that um, when things aren't going their way, it's really bad because they're not defensive specialists. They're not guys who make up their play elsewhere. The The, the value that they provide is that they score goals uh, and, and they're hard to defend. And when things just aren't going their way, when they're not battling for pucks, when the pucks, you know, the bounces aren't going the way, it's 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 just unfortunate. And uh, and they become a bit of a ghost. Specifically, Connor definitely a lot more than Shifley, I would say, at least over the last little bit, uh, because you know Kyle Connor gets paid to put in put goals in the net, and uh, and he's sitting at one goal in his last twelve games, uh, which is not uh, not good enough. But like I said, I still did think that they had a a much better return to form tonight. Um, they they. Both Connor and Shifley, like the first line was the Jets' best line tonight. Absolutely, definitely, 100%, at least specifically offensively. Um, you know, both Connor and, let me see here, Connor and Shifley both had six shots. Um, let me see, I had, uh, and uh, Shifley had 10 attempted shots, uh, and Connor had eight. So both of those guys were firing on all cylinders. Obviously, the power play definitely helps with that. We'll talk about that in a bit. But, I at least was glad to see at least a sign of life from these guys. And like I said, Shifley could have had two goals easily in the first period. Uh, both probably on the, I think both of them were on the power play. At least one for sure was um, where he, he was in front of the net and he just missed the net. He just couldn't, couldn't get it in, unfortunately. Uh, and then same thing with Cal Connor. Like he was ripping shots all night. And like I said, he hit the post once or twice at least. Um, so I think, I think he'll get his goal, but I think that getting Cal Connor going again is a huge priority for the, for the Jets right now. Um, I think when Pierre-Luc Dubois, and again, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, I think it, it, it's natural for, for Connor to slide back to play with Dubois. Um, despite the fact that I think that he had a better game tonight with Shifley. Um, moving on to line two, and this is a line that we have been, uh, we've been praising, uh, over the past few games. Nemestikov has come in and filled in on that second, uh, second, um, second line center fantastically. Like he, uh, has been so much more than we thought we were getting at the trade deadline. Um, I still think it wasn't enough. I'll say that every single time, but regardless, he makes the team better. Um, and tonight that, that second line just didn't didn't have it tonight, and and I love the guy. I love the guy, Nick Ehlers. I love him, uh, but he he I don't know. He just didn't have the best night either. Uh, I'm gonna rag on Blake Wheeler a lot more later, especially in regards to power play. But um, other than that, though, like Wheeler's or sorry, Ehlers was still uh, buzzing. He was still getting a lot of uh, you know. He was still getting the puck breaking out. What I think that this line does really really well is uh, is their breakouts are are fantastic. Uh, it seems like Nemestikov is always able. Able to find Ehlers uh, streaking up, uh, and and everyone knows on that line that Ehlers is the puck carrier. So get him the puck, um, and he'll you know bring it into the zone freely for you. But the issue is, Nick Ehlers was just uh, just turnovers tonight, like so many turnovers, so many giveaways. Uh, the, he was just trying to be a little too fancy tonight. Uh, he, the thing with Nick Ehlers is sometimes he kind of gets in his own little. Um, like, like no one else can kind of play with me style of, of play. Do you get what I mean by that? He's just a little too fast, and sometimes guys aren't where he wants them to be. Um, and one of the things that happened tonight a, a ton of times is that Nick Ehlers kept trying these drop passes that just would not work. When they work, it's fantastic, and I think it's one of the best things that this line does. 
but unfortunately, I think that he just wasn't uh, all, you know, wasn't perfect tonight, unfortunately, and uh, and that's what leads to these, you know, the second goal that the Bruins end up scoring, the Pavel Zaka goal happens off of uh, an Ehlers turnover, and uh, unfortunately, it's just it's just not good enough. I still think that uh, Nemesnikov and Ehlers are are a fantastic combo. I really like them together. Um, I don't like Blake Wheeler on this line. He is just too slow. He doesn't have the hands that he used to. Um, he's often the guy who's kind of waiting for that drop pass from Nick Ehlers. But the issue is he gets it. He's already flat-footed. He's up against the blue line immediately, and then he gets pressure right away. Uh, unless there's an open lane for him to just skate into the zone, uh, unfortunately, he just doesn't really get the chance to make a nice play. And then he tries forcing it through legs and this happens and that happens. Um, and it was just very frustrating, I would say. And uh, if you look at like the, the with or without you heat maps, uh, Nick Ehlers is a completely different player when he doesn't play with Blake Wheeler. I know that we had that really nice pass across from Wheeler uh, to Ehlers the other night. Watch that play over again. Like when Wheeler makes that pass, it goes off of, of uh, a Carolina hurricanes uh, skate. That was against the Hurricanes, right? Or the Tampa? I don't know. Anyways, the, you know which goal I'm talking about. Uh, that 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 if that puck went through without getting touched at all, it would have been a foot behind Ehlers. Uh, and there was an, a couple other plays tonight where it was almost the exact same pass, the exact same angle, going the exact same way, and you, I, I, it, it just matched up deja vu. Um, but no one gets a a a piece of the puck this time, uh, and it just goes to open ice, and I just feel like, uh. It doesn't really make sense to play such a fast player, Nikolai Ehlers, with such a player who is, you know, not at not as fast and has to grind the game out a little bit more in Blake Wheeler, um, because I think Nick Ehlers needs someone who can keep up with him, and I think that you know Vlad Nemeskov isn't the fastest guy, but he's definitely faster than Wheeler, and I think that that's one of the things is that. Um, they already have developed this chemistry where uh, they're kind of in sync together, whereas it feels like Wheeler is just kind of a bit of a, a bit slow, a bit out of sync. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, moving on, the third line, fantastic again tonight. God, I love Morgan Barron. Uh, Mason Appleton has strung together uh, a couple really good games, and Adam Lowry is just there. Um, they, again, they they faced off against the the Bruins top line tonight, and I thought they did fantastic. And uh, again, that that line was pushing for offense. In the third period, look at even you know Mason Appleton on the you know the shorthanded chance there. He ends up drawing a call. It was I believe it was in the third period, uh, second period. I want to say did it no at first period. Jeez, um, <laughs> the first period was very long, um, but the, the, they're on the PK and uh, excuse me. And Mason Appleton gets a break and ends up drawing a call because he completely beats. Um, I believe it was uh, Dmitry Orlov uh, in a in a puck battle or in a, in a race to the puck and uh, it would have been a, a two on oh for him and Adam Lowry if he wasn't held back uh, again I just have really loved the energy that both Morgan Barron and, and Mason Appleton have been bringing to the team recently because again the the thing that was missing for so long from the Jets was a uh it, like during their slide it just felt like they didn't have any battle to them it felt like it, it felt like they were playing kind of like pond hockey where as soon as they lost the puck it was oh you know lackadaisical waiting for other people to get the puck and give it back to you so you can go and do your fun little dangles um and that's why again we've we've had so much praise for vlad nemeskov for nino Niederreiters because these are guys that are getting into the dirty areas 
Um, and I think that, I mean, good geez, like look at the games that Morgan Barron has played over the past month. Like he's been easily one of the better, at least one of the Jets that very obviously cares the most. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to give participation, participation trophies out for caring, but, uh, he's been fantastic. Uh, and, and, um, you know, that kind of leads me into, you know, what we're going to talk about next, which is going to be the new lines. So to this morning, uh, as I said before, it seemed like everyone thought or everyone seemed to think that, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois was going to be playing tonight. Um, and it's because the line rushes that they had this morning were a little different and included, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. So the, the line rushes, I'll read them out for you right now, uh, were Ehlers, Shifley, Niederreiter, Connor Dubois, Wheeler, Nemestikov, Lowry, Appleton, Baron, Stenlin, Menelainen, and then the scratches. Um, so yeah, so so this is where I, I I'm gonna turn to chat and I'm gonna I'm gonna see if anyone uh did what I asked, hopefully here. Uh da da da. Let's see. Oh, no one no one gave me a hand here. But Noah Laforte is in the chat here letting me know the uh the postgame uh quotes. Uh, so Lowry's post game, he says it was real. It was real disappointing. We need the points. We are almost scoreboard watching every night now. I thought we played a real solid, good game, uh, limiting their chances and generating our own. Uh, and then continuing on, uh, take those positives and bring them to Nashville. That is what's going to be a huge. That that is going to be a huge game. We know where they are in the standings. Unfortunately, we get some help from Chicago, uh, but they have some games in hand. Perfect. Lowry summed up exactly what I was <laughs> going to say at some point here. Uh, the Nashville Predators are right in the rearview mirror. Um, so going back to, you know, the general game overview, uh, I thought the Jets did play well. They they created a lot of chances um, and they did pretty well at stopping the, you know, the big guns on the Boston Bruins. Um, but unfortunately, uh, it just wasn't enough tonight. But, uh, you know, if they play the way that they played tonight uh against and most other teams uh they should come out with the win um again it's it's very it's very you know it's tough to really gain to to figure out how the jets or to see how this really affects the jets because once again like you're playing they played against the boston bruins a team that's 51 11 and 5 after tonight's game like they have 11 regulation losses all year, and I'm pretty sure the Jets had 11 regulation losses in February alone. Um, so it's it's a completely different. Uh, it's a it's like this is a juggernaut. This is a great, fantastic team. And uh, and going back to uh, you know talking about those lines, I gotta say, while I do think that is a step in the right direction, putting Ehlers up with Shifley and Niederreiter, uh, and then moving Connor down with Dubois. Perfect. Absolutely exactly what I would hope for. I've been screaming for Ehlers to play with Shifley and Nino because I think that, you know, we've seen what Ehlers and Shifley can do together. We've seen what Shifley and Nino can do together. Uh, I think just getting another guy who can play a little dirtier, uh, you know, in Nino and get the puck to both Shifley and Ehlers, that's fantastic. And then obviously we move over to the Kyle Connors side of things. Uh, you know, when he was having a really tough start to his year, who got him going? It was Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, obviously, they'll be playing, you know, they have him here with with Blake Wheeler, um, which I think is a bit of a, uh, a, you know, kind of frustrating to me because I think that Nemesnikov has, has been so much better than Blake Wheeler has been in the top six as of late. Um, but I digress. It is what it is. And then the third line gets uh, jumbled up because obviously Nemesnikov 
bumps down, uh, which bumps Morgan Barron down, which I am not a big fan of. I think that he should absolutely be on that third line. Um, but also Appleton too. Like I personally would have bumped Lowry down um, and put Nemestikov in the middle and go Barron, Nemestikov, Appleton. Like that would be a fantastic shutdown line who can provide some offense. Um, I just think that Adam Lowry right now this year uh, isn't a positive. It isn't that positive of a player for the Jets. Yes, he can be a part of a shutdown line, but the Jets need some more scoring. And this was, is what brings me to my frustration with this this next set of lines. Uh, again, I'll say it for you guys one more time. Uh, Nick Ehlers, Shifley, Nino, Connor Dubois-Wheeler, Nemesikov, Lowry, Appleton, Baron, Stanley, Manalainen, is that the Jets just seem married, even with a new coach this year, to this whole bottom top six, bottom six thing. I... I don't get it. And I understand that your third line uh, is going up against top top lines. Like that is very, very clear. Like it's, um, you know, they're still playing a ton. They're still contributing. But the issue is, is I, I like, if you look around the league, if you look at all the different, um, if you look at all the different like contenders right now, they all have three scoring lines. Like I know I, th this is a, maybe a bad comparison because it is to the Boston Bruins, but if you look at their top three lines, it, it's it's Brad Marchand, Bergeron, DeBrusque, fantastic first line. Second line, Pavel Zaka, David Krejci, David Pasternak, insane, a, a fantastic second line. And then their third line, Tyler Bertuzzi, Charlie Coyle, Trent Frederick. Listen. I know Trent Frederick isn't necessarily a scoring, you know, winger or anything like that, but you look at this lineup and you look at the guys they have out. I mean, Taylor Hall himself, like, you know, he hasn't been as as fantastic as he used to be, but in a third, you know, on a third line scoring role, absolutely. I'm sure he would probably even fit into that top six where Zaka is. Uh, or somewhere. I'm not too sure. I'm not a Bruins fan. Maybe uh, I see. I see my buddy Nick is in chat here. Maybe he can let us know where uh, where Taylor Hall should line up. But then you even still have like a guy like Nick Foligno, which you know, I know that he isn't a big fan of him, but uh, that's still a guy who can who can put some points in. Um, this is uh, like you look at that team, and it's just miles ahead the third line in terms of scoring. Um, you know, if the Jets want to be a contending team. I think they need three scoring lines because one night the top line isn't going to be going. The next night, the second line isn't going to be going. And you can't really rely right now on Morgan Barron, Lowry, and Appleton to be scoring every every night to pick up the slack for those guys. Um, so realistically, when I look at the lines now, uh, what I would lean towards is going with the whole duo system right now we've seen a couple of, you know three solid duos break out we've seen Shifley and Nino play great together the amount of of opportunities from below the goal line to uh you know passing to the slot that those two have created together since being since being joined uh has been fantastic um obviously we know what uh Kyle Connor and Pierre Dubois can do together uh Pierre Dubois is the best partner for Kyle Connor like period um, over the past however many years that they've been together, uh, that is the best centerman to play with Kyle Connor, uh, numbers wise, statistics wise, everything like that. Um, and then you can have Vlad Nemestikov and Nick Ehlers together. Again, them two together have been fantastic and getting Ehlers going has been one of the key things that helped the Jets, uh, start rolling over the past few, few games. So 
I think it it's really important. It's really important to try and keep Nick Ehlers going. It's really important to get Kyle Connor going again, and it's really important to get uh, to keep Mark Shifley and Nino together to uh, you know try and develop that chemistry that they have there. Um, but regardless, I think Shifley, no matter what, just needs someone who works on his line, uh, who is willing to go into the corners and and you know get him the puck, because uh, that helps him a ton, definitely a hundred percent. So my proposal is, you know, as much as I yell and scream about how little time that Nick Ehlers uh, gets on the ice, by the way, he only had uh, 13.55 tonight, which is due to the power play. Jeez, I'm going to be going long tonight. I haven't even touched on the power play. Um, I like I, I just think that you have to roll those three duos and give them partners. Uh, an example would be uh, Shifley, uh, Nino, and Morgan Barron. Uh, and then do Connor Dubois and Wheeler. Sure. Uh, then do uh, Nick Ehlers, Vlad Nemestikov, and uh, Mason Appleton. I don't know. Regardless, there are three wingers uh, that that aren't a part of those duos that you can figure out and cycle through and figure out who actually fits with each of those lines. Um, but you can play those top three lines and play them. You know, cons- like you can you can roll those three lines out and touch your fourth line a lot less. And then that way, it's a lot less of a big deal if you want to keep a guy like Sakuman line, who is fantastic on the PK. But as soon as it turns to 5v5, he's a pumpkin. You can limit his 5v5 ice time. You can limit it to keeping him as a panel, you know, a specialist. Same thing with Kevin Stenland. Same thing with David Gustafson. Even David Gustafson would look really good, uh, potentially moving up and playing on the wing with, uh, I, you know, one of those sets of lines because, you know, I, 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 he, he's another guy who just works his ass off, wins puck battles. Um, and I think that, you know, he, even going back to the Moose days, he's shown that he can handle uh, a decent amount of ice time. Uh, he's another guy who I think that they have some untapped potential in. And, and that's really what it is. I just really want to see the Jets put their best foot forward and, and try to act like a contender as much as possible because I just do not believe that a top six of scorers and a bottom six of guys who shut it down is going to work. I think you need more depth. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, Chevy only went out and got two guys. Um, you know, when, when Perfetti's back, you know, we have another argument of who, where to put him as well too. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I just don't believe in the top six, bottom six mentality. Um, Anyways, let's move on to the power play. And this will be probably one of my last things before concluding all this and then, uh, you know, heading out tonight. The Jets go 0 for 5 on their power play. Listen, I thought their power plays were still pretty decent. Uh, They were moving the puck really well, at least the first 3, 4, 5, sorry, 3 or 4 of them. I think they went 0 for 5, I believe. But the first, you know, couple ones i'm pretty sure the first one they had four shots the second one they had a uh you know they were they were moving the puck really well and getting shots from a bunch of different opportunities um but i can't help but look at this and go okay first of all i'm just gonna get this out of the way time on ice wise for the power play here uh there is no reason why the in it with the way that the jets have their power play set up keep that in mind that one power play should be playing six and a half to almost seven minutes uh, on the power play, and then the other one getting less than two minutes. Um, the 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 Winnipeg Jets have decided that they want to break up their top, like they don't want their every single of their best power play guy on the top line on the top unit, um, and that's why we have Blake Wheeler playing in a spot where 
you know, Nick Ehlers should potentially be. I counted on on one of on one of the um I think it was one of the first two power plays. I counted I think four brutal grenade passes that that Blake Wheeler gave to Mark Shifley, two of which he literally just gave back to him immediately and you can you like you can almost tell that he was just like come on man, like give me give me something better. I can't I can't work with that. Like you have to give me something better if you want me to be taking my nice uh quick wrist shots from the from the slot. Um, that's just not going to work. Uh, and then there's times later on in the game where, again, and I'm harping on this because the Jets didn't score on it. Um, there was tons of chaos on the left side of the ice. The puck juts out and goes over to Blake Wheeler and has a perfect shot on net. Like the most clean alley towards the net to, to walk in and take a hard wrist shot or a slap shot or whatever, whatever Blake Wheeler's want dealer dealer want or uh, whatever Blake Wheeler wants dealer's choice. Um, and he ends up, you know, throwing it back door to Kyle Connor, where all of the chaos already was, uh, where all of, you know, the majority of the Bruins players were. And uh, Jeremy Swayman makes a fantastic t- save. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't think that this is necessarily my issue isn't necessarily choosing to go for the pass here because the Jets did almost score off of it. My issue is that Blake Wheeler is a one trick pony there. It is so obvious. It is so obvious for other teams to one target him on the power play to uh, apply pressure. And three, uh, there's no chance that he's shooting on a power play where you have Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Josh Morrissey, and Nino Niederreiter, why is Blake Wheeler going to shoot? He's not. He won't because, one, there's so many other shooters uh, on this power play. And, two, he's not a shooter. He's just not going to. He's a pass-first mentality guy. Um, so what I think provides a lot of danger to a power play is unpredictability in in, in regards to the defending team. Um, if the if you know If Blake Wheeler gets the puck... Every other player on the Bruins can just man up and like like grab not grab but like you know take a man, uh, cover up all the passing lanes and Blake Wheeler is gonna try to force it into uh into into somewhere where uh the Bruins are just gonna pick it off. Uh, I actually was thinking in the middle of the game, uh, with how many turnovers he had on the power play that the Bruins must have pre scouted this. Like the Bruins must have been like, okay, Blake Wheeler doesn't have the hands to do it, so. As soon as he gets the puck, get on his ass and push him up against the boards, and he, you'll you'll get the puck from him. Um, it is so frustrating. It is so frustrating when you see that your power play is generating a lot. It's start and it's you know it's clicking. It's it's starting to get there. But every time that this other guy gets the puck, it's he's unable to handle it. Like there were times where either one, like I said, he gets pressed up against the boards uh, and loses it. When if there's a man on you. That means there's only three other defenders on your power on the on the penalty kill for the other team. Put it into open ice. Someone's two people have to be open potentially, uh, it, definitely one. And if not, there should be open ice in the corner, around the rim, something. You need to find a better option other than just putting it into other guys' skates. Uh, or if you're pressured at the blue line, because oftentimes he's now up at the blue line. Uh, like there was uh, there was one where he just straight up lost the puck. Like, like he had pressure on him, but it's not like the guy came up and poked it away from him. He just mishandled the puck completely. Um, I just don't get it. And I, and again, coming back to the ice time thing, why is one 
if if you're going to split up your units to try and get both units to have uh you know a bit of uh of potential to score why is one playing like what i i, I can't do math like four times as much like, like three and a half three times as much like it doesn't it doesn't make sense so uh, and and I am I am a, a I am pro load up one unit play them for as much time as you can possibly, um, but in that scenario it requires that Nick Ehlers is on that top power play unit. It just doesn't make sense to me um, how Rick Bonus can watch, uh, and you know they do video scouting after uh, the the power play has been an issue for how long now? We of course we saw a slight resurgence over the weekend, but. Before the before the weekend, they they were they had given up uh, as many shorthanded goals as they had scored power play goals in this past six games. Like, I just don't understand how there hasn't been any sort of change on the power play uh, as of late, um, especially with the woes that they've had. And even when they are good, you just have to watch. Like, like I I I just don't get it. I just don't understand how Blake Wheeler has still earned all of this ice time uh he's just he's just lost a step and i love blake wheeler i used to be one of the biggest blake wheeler defenders for so long uh and he was he was always one of the most underrated guys in the league uh for years but at this point like he's he's a third line player i'm sorry to admit it on a good team he is a third line player and the jets of course you know there's injuries it makes sense but we all know, we all know that as soon as Cole Perfetti comes back, as soon as Pierre Dubois comes back, uh, there are guys who are more deserving who are going to get bumped down the lineup of Vlad Nemestikov. Again, he's been fantastic since uh, on both ends of the ice too, um, since coming over. And we all know that it's going to be Blake Wheeler playing in that top six uh, instead of, you know, Vlad Nemestikov instead of Cole Perfetti. Uh, I would be very surprised if he ends up getting bumped down. Um, so again, it, it, it something's got to give at some point, but, uh, but regardless, you know, I, I'm, I'm always going to yell and scream about the power play. I'm always going to yell and scream about miss, you know, Nick Ehlers not getting enough usage. And I'm always going to scream and yell about Blake Wheeler being, losing a step. Um, again, I want the best for him and I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't feel like he had lost a step. Um, I want I want the best for him. I wish I wish that he was was still uh, how he was in 2018, but that was five years ago, uh, and he's 36 now. It's 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 just how you know Father Time is undefeated. Um, but I'm not saying he's fully washed. He still can provide value, and that's why I think that also reducing his ice time would allow him to have more jump in his step. Um, anyways, I digress. That's it for at least the game. the The one final thing we'll put a bow on it all here. Uh, the Jets did play well, and as I said before, I think if they play this way against, um, you know, most other teams, I think they mo usually come out with a win. Um, the Jets will have a very, very important game uh, on Saturday against the Nashville Predators. They play again the next day at, uh, against the St. Louis Blues, I believe. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and then the day after... They let me just make sure. No, not the day after. Then on the twenty first, the Coyotes. So a string of three games that are very, very winnable. And at the point of the season we are right now, uh, the Jets need every point that they can get, uh, and especially they need every point that they can get against Nashville. And they need to limit as much points that Nashville can get, as they have now stepped up as the competition for that final wild card spot for the Jets. 
But like I said, if they carry this into into Saturday's game, I would be I would be very shocked if they didn't end up winning. Um, regardless, uh, list will be here with you guys uh, on Saturday. It is a afternoon game, so uh, hopefully the guys are ready to go. I'm sure they'll have a couple practices in between. Hopefully we see Pierre Dubois return. Of course, hopefully fully. Um, oh geez, I'm getting hiccups. Uh, hopefully fully, uh, fully healed. Um, but anyways, while you're here, I, we have a decent amount of people watching tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. Please do, uh, please do like the stream. It, it really helps us out algorithm wise. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, I really, really enjoying, uh, doing these shows here. Uh, this was a fun one, a, a very entertaining game. Uh, although frustrating, but that will have to do it for me here tonight. Uh, please follow me on Twitter at NHL chunky, follow lists on Twitter at Liz hood, uh, follow at SDPN sports. I don't know. Check out Sports Interaction if you feel like putting some bets down. Make sure you con- consult the uh, the the resources in the description if you have any issues with gambling. Uh, that is that is more important than anything here. But thank you all for tuning in. I hope you guys have yourselves a wonderful evening. Enjoy your St. Patty's Day. Don't drink too too much, uh, you know, green beer. Uh, I definitely won't. Uh, you know, I'm not working on Saturday for a reason, guys. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> anyways, have yourselves a wonderful evening. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, enjoy your weekends. And uh, I'll see you guys, I think, on Tuesday for the Arizona game. List will take care of you guys until then. Oh, thanks for tuning in. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.